0: Now, I can get down to business. Amen. The reason for coming here. The reason, it's always a reason for every season in a person's life until we understand that God has a great plan. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, be glad in it. We need to learn to rejoice of who God is. And we don't celebrate God enough. We celebrate everything else, but we don't celebrate the king. The song they sing in, the king, he's the king of kings. So let us pray. Father, we love you, honor you, praise you. You're such a good God. You're such a merciful God. You're wonderful to us. May we learn to be wonderful to you. May we learn to praise you no matter what the circumstances are. May we learn to give you the glory and the midst of the trials and tribulations. Father, we honor you this day. Not only this day, but every day that you allow us to wake up. You give us a new day. You give us a new start. Father, we send this petition over up to you that you will cover this morning. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Speak to your people and may they have a heart that can be transformed and Receive what you have to say. Deliver us from all the anxiety, depression, fear, loneliness. Only you can do it. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give God a hand. Yes. Yes, sir. I can tell you, when I always look back, I wasn't always like this. Oh, y'all missed it. Y'all for quietness, church. <laughs> See, church folks, you got to understand, you got to have fun. It's a joy to be with the Lord. It's a joy to live the right way. It's a joy to be free. See, I wasn't always like this. I was a real heathen, a real womanizer, a real alcoholic, a real drug addict, a real sinner, rich, famous, privileged, live behind community gates and you can do what you want and say what you want and there's no consequences. But I'm here to tell you the devil is a liar because there's major consequences for what you do. You can pick your sins but you can't pick your consequences because they're going to catch up with you eventually no matter who you are. We all be thinking we're getting away and life is going to Just be what it be. no, God didn't create that. God created good. If you go to the book of Genesis and three, Adam and Eve, you know, in the garden, one man brought sin in. Jesus comes with the gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, one man bring grace in, fall. That's all of us. Like I said, I wasn't always like this, but I've had a transformation. I had an encounter with Christ. Not until you have an encounter with Christ, your life will never be the same until you have that personal encounter with Christ. We're people, we're starving inside, we're looking for everything to satisfy us, but it cannot satisfy us. The only thing that can satisfy you is Jesus. You know, we're like the scribes and the Pharisees when Jesus was hanging on the cross at Calvary and he was said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Then he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? Well, his last words on the cross were so profound, what Jesus said. He said, it is finished. He's talking about everything. He's talking about everything that may be killing you. Jesus already killed it. He went to the tomb early Sunday morning. He got up from that tomb and he got up with all power in his hands. So when you die from the flesh of you, you get to be in the spirit just like God and you can be just like Jesus. Galatians 2.20 talks about it. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. So we must understand, we must understand, my people, that this Jesus is not just a normal person. He's a bad dude. And he's so cool. Because you know why? He loved the lost and the broken and the hurting. Amen. See, we pretend like we're not lost and broken and hurting, and we pretend like we have it all together because the society that we're living in is full of foolishness and darkness and, and full, full of things that keep people and, and captivate people and to keep people stuck right where they're at. And they believe all this other stuff is going to make me well. Well, I'm here to tell you today, Calvary Chapel, that other stuff will never, never make you well. It will never. It will never come to what the love of Jesus is all about and making you well. See, it's an inside surgery that Jesus will do on the inside of you. And when he comes into your life, he purifies you, he liberates you, he redeems you, he restores you, he brings you to wholeness and righteousness and to right standards with God. Now you get the real revelation of what the book is all about. See, it's been here forever. The book, the Bible, most people just take it and throw it on the counter or a shelf somewhere, and it's been there forever. He says, heaven and earth going to pass away, but not my word. Yeah. You're going to pass away, I'm going to pass away, but this word not going to pass away. Yeah. He's going to put this word in somebody, and somebody's going to go out and preach it. I guess that's why he called me, because <laughs> I have no idea why he was calling me when he called me 17 years ago to preach the gospel. I was like, you got the wrong guy. Just like most of us, don't think we qualify. He said, no, I got the right guy. I said, don't you know what I've done? He said, of course I know what you've done. You're the perfect example. The broken, the lost, the hurting that could come to me and I could pour my spirit into you and you'll never be the same. Because you got to understand everybody in this Bible was just, just like us. When you look at Saul, he would become the Apostle Paul on his way to Damascus. Saul gets knocked off a horse and blinded for three days and three nights. But see, Saul wasn't the hero when you read that text man by the name of Ananias was the hero in the text because God gave him a vision to show him Saul that he would go and lay hands on him, pray for him, so he would get his sight. And then he would turn him into the apostle Paul, and then he would go on to write 13 epistles, which is letters in his book. And he was a Christian killer. So you think about Moses, couldn't speak. God used him mightily to lead the Israelites out of bondage. See, God is not looking for someone that's called himself having it all together. Moses couldn't speak, and God used him mightily to lead the Israelites out of bondage. Man couldn't even speak. Killed the Egyptian. Had blood on his hand. God uses him mightily. What do you think he will do with you if you submit to him? This is a transformation of making a commitment to walk with Christ and not be consumed by these worldly things. Yes, I played baseball, but that's over. My identity is in Christ, not in baseball. That was just the platform that God was using for me to have, I didn't know that. I didn't know it because I had a praying mama. I mm. had a praying mama. While she was dying, she died from the age, at the age of 55 from terminal breast cancer. While she was dying, she was praying for her kids. Found the journal under her bed, my sister did, and gave it to me. And I read the journal, and she was praying for all of us. She got to me, and she says, God, please knock him off his throne. Huh, hallelujah. <laughs> Guess what? It came to pass. I'm living the legacy of my mother prayers. These things are important that I share with you before I get going here because the fact is, you know, I haven't been here before and I need to encourage somebody today about your tests. Your tests become your testimony, but you have to pass the test. There was many times that I didn't pass the test. So I had to go back and take the test over again. Aren't you lucky God don't give up on you? Yes. See, folks will give up on you. Folks will point their finger at you and say, you're this and you're that and, you're, and all this. But God is sitting there and saying, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to come to me and let me be Lord of your life and let me use you. Mightily for my glory and my kingdom. It's all about his kingdom. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added into you. So he'll add everything into you if you seek after his kingdom. We seek and we worship everything down here instead of worship, worship in the kingdom of God. We worship men, idols, things, sports athletes, and... The life that we live from a professional sports and entertainment business, we live it any old kind of way. And nobody ever want to tell you no. Everybody always want to tell you, yes, you can do whatever you want to do. There's a price to be paid for that. You know, you're lucky God. You'd be lucky if God spare you and and, and give you enough time to come and find his will and his purpose for your life before your life is over. Because the devil won't company. And he's no joke because Jesus talks about it in John 10.10. He said, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. The abundant life Jesus is talking about, he's going to give you. I'm going to give you peace, wisdom, joy, knowledge, power, something far greater than you will ever achieve from an earthly standpoint. Because it's about people. It's about reaching his people. And that's what he's calling us back. He's calling the church back. He's calling his people back. The pastor shouldn't have to stand up here to convince you to come to church. You should want to run the church. Because what we forgot about the church, the church house is good. This is where you come and you get redeemed. You can't get redeemed out there. Only Christ can redeem you. We try to make everything else redeem us, you know, and I remember when God called me, he said, by the way, I need to let you know, that bank account, that card, and and, and the money you have, he said, I'm just loaning it to you. I was like, hmm, okay. The best thing that we can have happen to us is to have a personal relationship with Jesus. A real, a real personal relationship with Jesus. Too many of us just know his name, we deny his power. Because I don't care how much success you have here, it's not going with you. When I buried my mother, I buried her. Her house didn't go with her, the car didn't go with her. When I buried my sister Regina at the age of 51, nothing went with her. So my day is coming too. All this means nothing. You go to the book of Ecclesiastes, you know, King Solomon was the richest, wisest man in Jerusalem. You go to that book, he wrote the book of Proverbs, of wisdom and knowledge. And you go to Ecclesiastes, and he goes in there, and he goes in that book and to say, it's meaningless under the sun without God. What he was saying is, I built all this stuff, and I had all this stuff, but without God, it means nothing. Nothing, absolutely nothing. See, we have got, we have come to a place where this culture has made us believe, you know, having everything at our fingertips and having everything that makes us better than the next person. But it does not. We all, you know, me me, me too. People say, well, what, what happened? I say, well, I was I'm a sinner, and I needed a savior. <laughs> Glory to God that I can identify what's wrong. I, you know what, I can could, I could completely preach on that, but I'm going to preach on this title today. <laughs> Glory to God. When things happen, when things happen in your life, who are you trusting? When things truly happen, because they're going to happen. Financial problems, sickness, marriage problems, kids problems, job loss, storms, loss of a loved one, who are you trusting when things happen? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 talks about it. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Then it says, and lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your what? Path. See, what I love about God is God had already had a plan that I would be a preacher. Little did I know everybody was complaining, you know, everybody was complaining about my talent and what, and he wasted it. No, I didn't waste this. It wasn't supposed to be about the Hall of Fame. Because I probably would have made that and I wouldn't have never found Jesus. I was, still thought I was all that in a bag of chips. And you'd be stuck because you got these titles and these titles, these worldly titles that people give you. And then it makes you think you're bigger than life. But the enemy forget to tell you that you're coming with me. He don't tell you that part because you know what? Most of us don't know the Bible. We know everything else, but we don't know the word of God. The Bible says it: my people perish because of lack of knowledge. The reason why I was perishing is because I had worldly knowledge, but I didn't have kingdom knowledge. Amen. So when things happen, who are you trusting? This text talks about it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He didn't say with some of your heart he says all your heart you got to trust him you got to trust him if i'm in a storm either you are in a storm or storms on the way or you're coming out of storm storms are part of life you know what i learned with god about the storms as long as you're in the water of the storm and it's coming and it's going and you stay above the water and don't drown you're going to be all right but you got to stay above if you go under you're going to drown that's what the storms of life are all about. Had I went under, I would have drowned. Had I gave up and quit, I would have drowned. I ended up in addiction. I ended up in a Florida State Prison with a T17169. See, God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. had cancer twice and lost my left kidney in the second surgery. So you can't tell me God's not a miracle maker. I'm glad it was more. I'm glad, I'm glad it was more about life. God is more concerned about your life than what you do and what you have. He's more concerned about your life. He's more concerned that you do not miss out on being born again, that you do not miss out walking with him because he knows that the enemy will snatch you up. And when the enemy snatch you up, it's over. So many allow the enemy to come and snatch him up and destroy him and kill them before they ever have an encounter with Christ. Christ is not going to, God's not going to look at me and say, Daryl Strawberry, you was on the cover of Sports Illustrated seven times, and you hit 335 home runs. He's going to say, what did you do for my kingdom? He's not concerned with no baseball career and no trophies and no success. He's going to say, what did you do for my kingdom? You've had all this time on this earth to do something great for my kingdom. What did you do? even when things happen. But I need to know the way. John 14:6. Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." Jesus is the way to everything. Not some things. We treat Jesus like he's just oh, it's just Jesus. No, Jesus is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. By his stripes, by his stripes, we get to be healed. We get to live an abundant life that he's talking about. We get to live the greatest life that you can ever live when you truly are a follower of Jesus. When you deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow Jesus, you get to live the supernatural life that God had created for you. It's a supernatural life. It's nothing natural about Him. Everything about God is supernatural. You know why? Because He's perfect. He is perfect. He is wonderful. And He grabs people and He holds on to them like this. But we have to submit ourselves and we have to, oh, glory to God, we have to get that junk out of our trunk. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) It's the junk that be in the trunk that we got to get out of ourselves. See, we have to clearly be honest with God about where we're at and who we are if we want to be free. We could say we're free. We can say Jesus, but I'm talking about if you really want that great wisdom and knowledge, you gotta let him clean you up. You gotta let him clean you up for whatever you have in your life that has kept you stuck. I was stuck in Major League Baseball for a long time and I did well and I was successful, but I was stuck because I hated my father. My father was an alcoholic. And he beat the living crap out of me and my, my brothers and said I would never amount to nothing. So I go on to play Major League Baseball. But one night, when I was 14 years old, he came home drunk again. He pulled out a shotgun and said he was going to kill the whole family. Had it not been for me and my mother getting me and my brothers out of the house, we would have killed him. Could have been a tragedy in my life before I ever put the uniform on. Brokenness is real. Lawlessness brings about brokenness. What I saw was a man that didn't enjoy having his family, hated his family, he enjoyed drinking and living in any old kind of way. So I kept him out of my life and my career, my whole life. because I was bitter and I hated him. So God saves me and my life gets changed and I'm changing and I'm now I'm in ministry and I'm going to preach and I'm doing a conference in LA, a men's prayer breakfast one morning and God speaks to me on a Friday night. And says, "I want you to go down to the hospital and see your father, and I want you to repent to him." I say, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I thought God was crazy. But no, I was the one that was crazy. I called my wife. I said, "Trace, pray for me, God's all over me about going to see my Father Sunday." She said, "Do exactly what he said. So, I go down to the hospital to see my father there. This is when things are happening in my life. And I see him, and I go down there, and I say, well, you know the Lord has changed me. Would you forgive me for keeping you out of my life and my career and not knowing your grandkids? My son, Jordan's here. He, don't, he didn't get a chance to know him. I said, would you forgive me? He shook his head, yes, and a tear came out of his eye, and I lost it. I laid in his lap and I cried so hard because you know why? God has saved me. And there was, I was so selfish and so self-centered that I couldn't go back and extend the love and grace to somebody else. And my father, I I laid in, I cried so hard. Then God said, raise up. He says, now lead him in the center of prayer. I said, the Lord has changed me. Would you like to accept him as Lord over your life? He said, Yes. I led him in the center of prayer. Six months later, he passes away. And I just remember God talking to me through that process and walking me through that process about what was, what grace was all about. Because he extended the grace to me, he extended the grace to you, now we need to learn how to extend it to somebody else. Because if you can't come to that place extending grace, then you don't really understand God. Because it's really still about you, and you can never get well. And a lot of us still sitting here and we have hold people hostage and, and everything. I'm telling you, that day when I released my father, I was free. I was never the same. I went to a whole different level of preaching. God, took a, God gave me a fresh anointing over my life. It was just a different person because of the fact of obedience and doing what God tells us to do. It's the hardest things for us to do, but God tells us as his people to do those things. John 3.30 talks about it. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. I got to die from the flesh so I can have the spirit man lives in me. While I die, when I'm dying from the flesh, I won't operate in the flesh no more. I operate in the spirit, and I do spiritual things the right way. Because the spirit will lead you the right way. The problem as a nation, we have gotten caught up into this culture of foolishness. The TV, the news, the this and that. You better pick that Bible up. The book of Psalms, in Psalms 4610 says, be still and know that I'm God. You better sit around and know that he's God. And stop trying to play God yourself. Hallelujah. You know, see, that's what we do and we miss out. On what God really want to do in our life. There's so much God want really want to give to his people. Remember the Israel, Israelites? They could have been in the promised land in 11 days. They complained so much, God sent them in the wilderness for another 40 years. That's what I love about God, because if you want to stay stuck, he'll let you stay in it. I remember him talking to me about that. If you want to stay there, you stay there. But do you know what's going to happen? The enemy is going to destroy you because that's his job. The church needs to know that the enemy, Lucifer, who was in heaven, got kicked out of heaven because he wanted to be bigger than God, is here. And he's Satan now. And he's here to deceive and destroy people and keep people from having a personal relationship with Christ. He don't care about you You having all this other stuff, these earthly things. He wants you to get all those things because when you get them, then you are praising them instead of praising the king. He already knows that. He knows this Bible well, and he knows people that know this Bible. And he doesn't play fair. That's why as a believer, you got to learn how to stay in your lane with God. You got to learn who is important as you walk in this journey of life and try to finish your race. See, I'm just here trying to finish my race. I'm trying to move on. I'm trying to cross over. I'm trying to get to the other side. I want to be looking at God. He says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You had many trials and tribulations, but you endured and you went on and you went to preach the gospel and you told the people that I love them and I care for them. It's up to them to respond. So you must trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Your own understanding is this, which is the knucklehead. <laughs> Lord, help us. Because this is what gets us in trouble, Because right. we, we try to analyze things, intellectual and analyze things, and, and the devil just run through us and he keep you away, keep you far away, so. You stay in your own understandings about things, your own opinions. Oh, there's no God. Oh, those are just a bunch of stories in the book. Well, you better read it because they're good stories. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he's talking about in all your ways. In everything you do, acknowledge him. When I started on this journey, glory to God, I was so crazy I know my mother didn't raise me like that. I know she was thinking, what is wrong with him? (laughs) But I was a sinner and I needed a savior. See, that's what I was. I was separated from God because of my sinful lifestyle. I couldn't meet God because God is holy and God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. And I didn't recognize that. And I was so far off in in, in a place of struggling because I didn't understand who God was. I didn't know how to acknowledge him in all my ways. I was acknowledging myself and celebrating what I was doing, and I wasn't celebrating what the king was doing. You think about Jesus. Jesus loved to hang out with the hurting. You know why they hang out with the scribes and the Pharisees? Because they thought they had it all together. They thought they they were all it. They didn't have the problems. They knew they had all the answers. You know why? Because they went by the law. Jesus didn't come here to destroy the law. He came here to fulfill the law. The law is good, but he came here to fulfill the law. And he's still doing it, and he will always be doing it. You must trust and know God did not create the storms, he doesn't create the storms, but he allows the storms to be a part of us so we can grow. We can never grow if we don't. If, if you've never been through nothing, you won't grow. The only way we grow is going through something. God, you know, I didn't know God would I would with my life that I would have publicly I would have to go through publicly persecution and everything else. But God knew it. But he knew I would grow through that. And he knew that he would prepare a table in front of my enemies in the end. In the end, God knew he was going to win anyway. Because he's God. It doesn't matter what a man say or think. God has the last say over a life. And we need to understand that nobody else has the last say but God. He has the last say of life and death. He knows the day of born and he knows the date of death. And I do know one thing, absence from the body, presence with the Lord. You will enter into a great place, a great rest forever, and you will never have to be weary anymore in your life. You will never have to be confused about this life here. Oh, this life brings so much confusion and trials and tribulations. Yes, it's part of it until I submit myself to the will of God. Because the will of, when you submit yourself to the will of God, now you will eat from a land that you don't even know about. You will eat from good. You will become a descendant of David. I mean, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Getting ahead of myself with David. Yeah. <laughs> now you eat from this land. And it's God's land. For his people. Because the storms of life make you stronger and it brings you to wholeness and righteousness in your life. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 3:20 Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. It's the power of Christ that works in us. There is no greater power than Christ in you. It works in you. Christ keeps you safe. Christ protects your life. He changes everything. He crowns a man man from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet when he walks in obedience. When you don't walk outside of the will of God, God will protect you. He'll put a hedge of protection around your kids. My kids are safe now. I can pray over them because I have the authority that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. They're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. I bind, rebuke, the devour the enemy. He has no authority over my children because I belong to God. I don't belong to a system. I don't belong to a culture. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask to think. Because you know we are great thinkers, right? <laughs> yeah. We have to admit that we are great thinkers. You know, we like to think about a lot of things, and we want things to be a certain way, and we be trying to fix things and put it together. And, but you can put it together for, it only lasts for a short term. But with Jesus... When you walk with Jesus, it's everlasting. It's greatness in Jesus. Not greatness in athletes because we see them play sports. That's just the earthly thing. But what's inside of Jesus is greatness. Because when Jesus comes inside of you, you get to be just like Jesus. Now you get to go win other souls. And you get to bring other people into the kingdom. That is the greatest thing that we can give to ourselves to know now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask to think. Then you go to Romans twelve two and says, Then do not be conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me wash you. That's what Jesus will do. He will wash you, cleanse you, bring you to wholeness, bring you to a greater understanding. It's not an earthly understanding, it's a kingdom understanding. We've gotten away from the kingdom. We've gotten away. You know why we are a broken nation? It's not about a black thing, white thing, Spanish thing, Asian thing. You know what it's about? It's about a sin thing. It's the sin that has destroyed this. Romans 623, for the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's in the book. We're fighting the wrong battle. It's a losing battle. We're fighting against each other. See, the enemy has deceived a nation to make them fight against each other instead of fight against him. We should be fighting against him. How do we fight against him? On our knees. Oh, hallelujah. See, it's time in this country for men to rise up. I'm sick of it. It's time to take our rightful place. God has something great for you. All you got to do is step out, step out of your comfort zone and get serious with God and become the church. God is looking for men who are serious, not standing on the sideline and looking at everything else and saying, everything else is important. Well, the bank account is important. The football game is important. The basketball game is important. The baseball game is important. No, it's not. The Bible is important. We've gotten away from understanding that. The devil is having a field day. No wonder all our kids are struggling with anxiety, fear, doubt, drug abuse, because the enemy is winning. Because men are not taking the rightful place. Oh, I'm gonna preach it, brother. I'm, just, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't have time to play anymore. This pity patty thing. Either we're going to step up and be what God wants us to be or we not. See, because you don't understand as a man, if you don't get into your rightful place, the devil is going to destroy your family. Because he has rights. He said, God, look at him. He's not worshiping you. He's not praising you. He's praising all the idols out here and all the things out here. So I get to get his kids. I get to get his wife. And I destroy him that's what his plan has always been, is to destroy us, to trick us and make us believe everything else is important instead of the kingdom. Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. To his purpose, you know the thing about it. When God called me, and I told him I wasn't qualified, and He said, "No one is qualified. I qualify the call." So I had to enter in with that, and the Holy Spirit ascended up on me, and the Holy Spirit taught me the Bible is supernatural because I listened to the Holy Spirit, and that's why I know I have scriptures in me because I started studying. He said, "I want you to go study Billy Graham." Billy Graham was the greatest evangelist that ever lived. And Billy Graham preached the gospel. And he preached it in a way where it would convict you. Conviction, listen, there's nothing wrong with conviction. Conviction brings you to get well with God. If you're not convicted, then you can never get well with God. And you'll still struggle, and you'll still tr- struggle chasing after everything but everything else because you haven't let yourself be convicted you know and that's when I started studying Billy Graham's books and studying what the evangelist was like and, and what was important and what was important, Billy Graham in one of his books said what's important he said the problem with Christians is is they don't know scriptures. they know how to say them, but they don't know what they mean so when I got in that room by myself and turned off the cell phone and turned off the television, I saturated myself in the Word and I started eating. I started eating Scriptures. And I would sit there and meditate on that Scripture and I would say, Holy Spirit, retain that Scripture for me and put it in my belly. And He would retain it and put it down in my belly. He had deposited it inside of me so when I need to pull it out, I could pull it out because now I know what it means. See, this is where we struggle because a lot of us has never been discipled and don't go to discipleship classes. And you, you got a church here that's thriving, that has everything. So there's no excuses why you can't make it here. The only reason you don't make it here is because you don't want to make it here. See, because the church, the church is the answer. As we wind this down and go through the last days, the church is the answer. Stop running from Jesus and run to Jesus. So many of us running from God because we're looking at it and say, well, i made mistakes. Well, well hello. <laughs> don't you think he already know that? It's part of it. It's time for us to take our rightful place. It's time for men to repent. See, we don't understand glory to God. We don't understand when we repent to God, God restores this right here. He restores our heart to him. Now we get to be close to him and just like him. Because you think they all didn't have issues in the Bible? David put his best man Uriah on the front line to have his wife Bathsheba. God goes to say he's a man after my own heart. Wicked. Wicked. Jonah, God told him to go to Nineveh to preach the gospel. He jumps on the boat to go the other way to Tarshish. <laughs> I love God. God throws him in the belly of fists for three days and three nights. See, God already has a plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's 50 mouth, Jonah goes tell them to repent. The whole city gets saved. All God needs is one man. That's all he's looking for. He's looking for one man that dives in, and I'm all in. I'm not going to be consumed with all these worldly things. I'm going to be consumed with the kingdom. I'm going to be consumed about souls, and I'm going to tell people about the love of Jesus. That's what he's looking for. We need to be bold. We need to stop sitting on the sideline and saying, well, I don't, I'm worried about what other people out there are going to think, you know, if I'm talking about Christ. Oh, well, they were talking about me when I was a heathen. Now they're talking to me because I love Jesus. Just get over it. They're going to talk about you anyway. Just get over it. At least we're doing what God has called us to do. I don't want to sit on the sideline anymore. They can have it. They can have it. My life is for Jesus and Jesus only. Not anything else. Not how much success I've had. Not any trophies I have. None of it will ever come close to what the Lord has done for me. And he's waiting on you. That's that. And we know. And we know that all things work together for the good. He didn't say some things. He's telling us all things work together for the good. He means all things. God's got a bigger picture than you can ever imagine. Did I ever think I'd be a public speaker and standing in front of people preaching? But when God called me 17 years ago, he says, you have no idea what I'm about to do with you and Tracy in your ministry. He says, you're going to be preaching in arenas and the stadiums. I go, I don't want to (laughs) preach. He says, you're going to preach. I said, okay, I surrender. And I was in business. I had a restaurant in New York. I was about to open some more restaurants in New York. And he had brought me back and into business with all my friends because all my friends in New York, they're all Jewish. <laughs> you don't understand. I'm so blessed. I, I am so blessed because of them because they don't point their finger at your shortcomings. And God has blessed me with them. And I would like, had the business and everything, and I was about to expand. And my wife, Tracy, I knew she was praying, God knock him off his throne. (laughs) And he did it again. He made me get out of the business, close the restaurant, get out of New York and go home and sit. And I did it and didn't know what I was gonna do. Then another business came and we opened it up and it had to do with treatment centers, people with addiction. Then we got to see the epidemic in the country of everybody addicted. All our young people addicted to opiates and heroin and dying. The enemy's busy. We're not paying attention. We're too busy pointing and looking and saying all the wrong things instead of saying the biblical things that we need to talk about. Seven promises of God. Number one, I will be with you. Number two, I will protect you. He will always protect you. God doesn't fall short in anything. Not when you become a true follower of Christ. These are things that he do every day for us. I will be your strength. He will be your strength when you're weak. I used to think, you know, because I'd be traveling all the time. I'd be on the road like 270 times out a year preaching, going to different places. I don't even sign up for this stuff. It comes in. Because God sends me, and I'd be on the road, and I'd be all by myself a lot of times, and I'd be like so lonely. Sometimes I'd be like, "I'm I'm done with this, Lord." He'd be like, "No, you're not." (laughs) I'd be like, "Yes, I am." He goes, "This is not about you." And I go, "Yeah, you're right. It's not about me." so we think it's about us and it's not really about us it's about what he want to do through us and he can't do through anything through us if we don't open up to him and if we don't open up to his will we can never fulfill the promises that he has for us because we're too stubborn and you know we're like selfish people and it's about me, me, I he's not talking about you, you, I He's talking, telling you what I want you to do so you can reach the multitude of other people and other people can come in and know how good Jesus is. That's what it is. I will be your strength. Number four, I will answer you. I will answer you on my time. His time is right on time. Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. Everybody else is going to run off, but Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. Let them go. If you got to let people go and get them out of your life, let them go. Folks start dropping off when I started talking about following Jesus. A lot of players who I played with started dropping off. They stopped calling me because I, t- I was talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they talking about living for the Lord. And they was like, oh, he didn't went crazy. But they don't understand 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things that pass away, behold, all things come new. See, I got something new every day instead of sitting back talking about the old, talking about wearing the uniform and what I did on the baseball field. I got something far greater than that to talk about. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about not being a victim. I'm not a victim of what happened to me. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. Yeah. It's already been done. It's because of the blood of the Lamb. I will provide for you. Number six, I will give you peace. His peace that surpasses all understanding. I will always love you. Jesus will always love you. No matter what. No matter what you've done. No matter what somebody has said about you. Jesus will always love you. If God didn't forgive sinners, heaven would be empty. Be an empty place. But we got to say yes to Christ, which is a three-letter word. Why yes? Yes. You enjoy salvation. Enjoy salvation. Salvation is good. We don't enjoy it enough. Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, no, I'm a believer. I don't care what nobody thinks. You can say what you want. I love Jesus. You can talk all you want, but I love Jesus. I'm going to wear him on my shoulder. He's coming with me everywhere I go. Because if not, you're going to run into the pit, the devil den. You're going to be playing in this playground. I ain't playing in the devil playgrounds. You got to get rid of your ego. I got to tell the man all the time, get rid of your ego, which is a three-letter word, easing God out. You drive the car right off the cliff because you didn't ease God out. You didn't play God yourself. God be like, go ahead. Other word, number one word is fat, F-A-T. I always say it's not talking about anybody in particular. It's a word, fat. You got to be faithful, accountable, and teachable. Got to be faithful, accountable, and teachable. Got to let God teach you. And when God, this word of God starts teaching you, you'll become better at everything. Not some things, but everything. Because you'll become holy and righteous. There's nothing wrong with holiness and righteousness. We live in a country that don't want us to be that way. They want to destroy the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm here to tell you, you can't destroy it. Because you know why? Jesus conquered death and nobody else ever will. So right there, they tell you, you can't destroy it. He's He's already conquered everything. So the book of John is about believing. The book of John is a great book. It's about believing. It's about miracles of Jesus when you read the book of John. Turning water into wine, feeding 5,000, raising Lazarus from the dead. Finding Daryl Strawberry in a pit, putting him in a pulpit. He's still doing the miracles. John 3, he told Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee teacher, unless one is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. We've all been born of the natural sitting here. He's talking about the second birth which is of the spirit, born of the spirit. John 4, he told the woman at the well, he was trying to tell her about this living water. Jesus is the living water. He was telling her about the living water. If you drink this living water, you'll never thirst again. The woman that was thinking about the water in the well, was he thirsty and you want to drink of that? Then Jesus would go on to say to the woman, mm, this is so good. Because he's telling the woman, I'm, a living, I'm the living water. You'll never thirst again if you drink of me. And he said, by the way, your five husbands and the one you with now is not your husband? You need to check that out. I know everything. <laughs> Some of you be sitting here and God don't know everything. God see Everything. Everything. That little that little phone you stuck in and, and looking in the wrong rooms. He's sitting right there over your shoulder looking at you and saying to you, Come on, get out of there. Because this is what captivated us in this country now. Foolishness. Instead of, instead of the word of God. More, we're more concerned about that instead of worried about the kingdom of God, his principles, and living according to what he has called us to live for. He's called us to live for more. You're special. I'm special. He makes us special. He takes a mess and turns it into a message. Amen. He clearly knows how to do that. John 8: Don't be like the scribes and Pharisees. They wanted to stone the woman because of the law of Moses because she was caught in adultery. They were pointing at her sins. But you don't, when you point at you, somebody else's sins, three fingers are pointing back at you. Jesus was stooping down. He was hanging out. He raised up. And he said, he who without sin cast the first stone. From the oldest to the youngest had to drop the stones because they all had fallen short. So they walked away. And Jesus asked the woman, where are your accusers? Has anyone accused you? She said, no. He said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. The one and only man that can take your hurt, your sin, your issues, and he takes it from you so you're able to experience the abundant life that he's talking about. We're missing out on it because we're too conformed with everything else, and Jesus has so much greatness for you. He loves you, he cares for you, he cares for your kids. He cares for marriage. He cares that we get this right and stop pretending we have it all together. You have it all together when you come to him. And he brings wholeness and righteousness. He crowns you. And he crowns your family. And you get to live a life that you could never imagine. I could never imagine that my life would be what it is today because of Jesus. And that's for some of you that's here today. This call... It's for you. Real quick, I only have one minute. If that's you right where you're at. I want you to stand up. I want to pray for you, whatever it is in your life. Just stand when you see that. Right right now, if you, if you need prayer. There you go. Prayer. Stand up. Stand up if you need prayer for something. We all got something. You need prayer for something. There you go. Stand, 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 stand. There you go. Who needs prayer? Who needs prayer? Who needs prayer? We need prayer. We need prayer, God. We need prayer, God. We need prayer. We need to rebuke the devour. The enemy has no authority no more over our life. This battle is won, and we win this battle through the gospel. We don't win it any other way. We can try everything else, but you not, will not win. It's the gospel. And God is speaking to his people. He's talking about, if my people... That's what he's talking about. If my people would acknowledge me in front of man, then I would exalt them and they will be blessed. Let us pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. We thank you. Father, we extend ourselves to you and say, here we are. Have your way in us. Teach us to become better at what we need to do. You have called us to be responsible for loving each other and winning souls. May we do that with the time that we have left here. May we speak life. May we speak truth. And Father, I ask that you cover everybody that's in here today. You know in that person's heart what they're struggling with. I ask you to forgive them and may they ask you to forgive them and may they move forward and run after you Run towards the cross, not away from the cross. Father, we pray and send this petition up to you and tell you we love you. You're such an awesome God. There is nobody like you. Thank you for the grace. Thank you for the love. And thank you for the mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Listen, you guys, if um, if you want to make that commitment to Jesus Christ, it's something that you do, like you just heard him say. You can go to the prayer room right after this song. It's the door to your left up front. Get a Bible, tell somebody, I've, I've accepted Christ today. You heard him mention numerous times the word repent. Did you know that that's the first word of the gospel? Is to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. God just wants you to come to him as Daryl just so well said.